I'm Kate, and welcome to the Picture House Podcast, where we discuss the architecture, design, and history of America's early cinemas. We hope that telling the stories of these places and the people associated with them will help you explore their place in our collective memory and our communities today. In the previous couple of episodes, we profiled two very distinct movie theaters designed by the Bowler Brothers, the Pueblo Deco Chemo in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and the Middle Eastern-inspired Missouri Theater in St. Joseph, Missouri. For today's episode, we're going to look at a couple more Bowler theaters, both completed in 1928, both listed in the National Register of Historic Places, and both heavily influenced by Western European architecture. The Majestic In the summer of 1927, Motion Picture News reported on Harry Redman's plans for a new theater on Collinsville Avenue in East St. Louis, Illinois. The Majestic, as it was to be called, would be built by general contractor H. Bancroft based on Bowler Brothers' plans for a two-story, 86-foot by 170-foot building. The theater will seat 2,000 persons and contain a main floor and balcony and loges. The trade paper also noted that the building will be of reinforced concrete, steel, brick, and terracotta construction, with marble floors and other marble trimming. The building will also contain four stores. Estimates put the new movie theater's cost at $750,000. Redman, who had reportedly been trying to bring a new theater to East St. Louis for more than a decade, was hopeful that the Majestic would be completed by Thanksgiving. That wasn't quite to be. Site clearing started in late July, and although construction proceeded briskly throughout the second half of the year, a Thanksgiving opening wasn't in the cards. But by early 1928, the Majestic, now with a supposedly million-dollar price tag, was ready to open to the citizens of East St. Louis. Opening day was Saturday, February 25, 1928, and it was said that more than 10,000 people attended the grand opening ceremonies. The theater was the first in East St. Louis to show talking pictures. A Vitaphone system was installed about six months after the Majestic's opening. The theater, then known as Redmond's Million Dollar Majestic, was an atmospheric house with an elaborate exterior and lavish interior. The National Register nomination for the building notes that the facade is done in Spanish Gothic style, displaying symmetrical elevations, crowned with bold cornices, with arches over the windows, detailed carved faces, large panels of multicolored tiles, and mosaic designs. The details of the front, carried out in color such as orange, golds, orchids, etc., form pleasing contrast to the plain surface of pulsochrome terracotta. The nomination also notes that the Bowler Brothers' designs for the interior of the theater, once carried out, displayed exquisite taste. The entrance was a 25-foot marble lobby, in back of which was a deep foyer, with two wide staircases, one on each side, that lead to the balcony area, the restrooms, and smoking rooms. Intricate carved, detailed designs arch the stage area, box seat area, side planes, and the dome ceilings in the theater and foyer. 
Redmond's Majestic was included in the large motion picture news spread on the bowlers from June of 1929 that we mentioned in the first episode of this series. The magazine featured a drawing of the Majestic's exterior and photos of the foyer and mezzanine. Evident in the mezzanine was a beautiful timbered ceiling with decorated coffers and stenciling. A similar design can be seen in the later Bowler Theater that we're going to talk about in our next episode. Like most major movie palaces of the day, the Majestic was not only visually sumptuous, but it had practical features meant to ensure the comfort of all moviegoers. Most notable of these was modern air conditioning, which was installed at a cost of $70,000 one year after the theater was originally constructed. From its opening in 1928 until well into the 1960s, the Majestic was the preeminent movie theater in downtown East St. Louis and a staple of Collinsville Avenue. Unfortunately, this Bowler Palace has been empty for many, many years, and it shows. The exterior is sort of a poster child for nature reclaiming the city, with trees and shrubs growing out of the facade. Although, as a pleasant surprise, much of the ornamental detail and terracotta appears to still be intact. Inside, the theater has become a playground for urban explorers. Images and videos online from these city spelunkers show an almost completely gutted interior, although a few details do remain on the auditorium's sidewalls. Sadly, today the theater is more of a draw as a fabulous abandoned place than as a fabulous movie palace. But never say die. The fact that the Majestic still stands at all is cause for hope, and it is part of the downtown East St. Louis Historic District, which is the last remaining contiguous group of cultural resources related to the 20th century economic growth of the city. Perhaps this designation will bring better days for the Majestic and the district at large. The Missouri. In late July of 1927, Motion Picture News reported that the Bowler Brothers had been retained to prepare the plans for the theater and office building J. Dozier Stone & Associates planned to erect at 9th and Locust Streets in Columbia, Missouri. Site clearing began in August, and in January of 1928, Tiger Transfer Company started excavating for the new building. Construction progressed throughout the year, and by the fall of 28, the theater was ready to open. Concerns responsible for completing Columbia's Missouri Theater included the Schulz Company of Chillicote, Builder, local firm Boone County Lumber, which provided the building materials, wiring by Frank C. Sutton of Lincoln, Nebraska, with the heating system installed by Thomas L. Dawson of Kansas City. Roylet and Green provided some of the hardware, while certain pieces of furniture imported from Italy were handled by the Picorni Furniture Company. These last two were Columbia businesses. Designed by the Bowler Brothers in what would later be referred to as Baroque, Columbia's Missouri was, at the time of its opening on October 5, 1928, deemed to be Louis XV. European influences manifest in the shell motif, the delicate floral rinseau, and the zones of decorative grill and plaster. Additional classical-inspired interior decor included 
urns, large acanthus leaves, and floral festooned youths place heraldically with a shield. Other original details like Belgian marble wainscoting, plaster reliefs, stained glass art panels, and an 1,800-pound Italian chandelier dazzled patrons. St. Louis decorator Carl Bonfig is credited with the interior design. The building's National Register documentation notes that this Missouri is a small-scale example of movie palace architecture and is not an atmospheric house. But clearly, based on the lavish details just described, it was no less impressive. The Columbia Missourian reported that the Missouri Theater was filled to capacity on opening night, and in addition to the spectacle of the interior, patrons were treated to first-class service from theater staff. The Missouri did quite well as a movie theater from its opening in late 1928 well into the 80s, even getting a facade makeover sometime in the 60s. The building was restored to the original appearance bestowed on it by the Bowlers in the late 2000s in an effort spearheaded by the Missouri Symphony Society, which had occupied the building since 1988 when it had ceased to be a picture house. The Symphony Society is still a main patron of the building, and it is also a major performance space of the University of Missouri. Thanks for listening. I hope you've enjoyed it. And I hope you'll join us for our next episode, when we'll move forward a year and look at two fine examples of the Spanish colonial style that were completed by the Bowlers in 1929. Until then, may your seats be ever in the center 